AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. Online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. They're located 2390 North Ulma School Road in Chandler. The weekend specials, certified Angus Beef Choice New York Strip Steaks at $24.99 a pound. Prime boneless bacon-wrapped pork chops, 8-ounce average at 2 for $10. And the fresh natural jumbo party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. If that doesn't uh, catch your fancy, they have so many other options. You have to see it for yourself. Pay them a visit at 2390 North Almost School Road in Chandler. The $100 gift certificate remaining up for grabs as we're also looking to start the 2024 season off with a weekend victory so make sure you come with a winner for us when you call uh when it comes to what we have coming up here for hour number two let me briefly reset the scene with today's poll questions and we'll start with the kdos1060.com poll question who wins sunday in glendale between the cardinals and the seahawks and the masses continue to be on the Cardinals side of things at 69 percent of the vote seahawks 31 percent bob and i will officially answer that around 12 30 today Tossing it on over to Twitter or X at KDOS uh, AM 1060. Should Sunday's game be the end of the Patriots and Bill Belichick? It's getting a little closer here. Yes, though, remains out in front. 55.6% of the vote. No trailing at 44.4%. Another question that gets answered around 1230. Kyle Soppy from Pro Football Network set to join us around 1215 to help us navigate week 18 in the NFL prop bet market. So we'll do that here shortly with Kyle. But we continue on with the week 18 games and we talk about the Bears and the Packers. The Bears plus three Packers minus three over under sitting at 45. The Bears have actually won five of their last seven games. And now questions loom at the quarterback position and the number one overall pick that they're set to have when it comes for the Packers and the implications ahead for them. Uh, if they lose, they have a 16% chance of making the playoffs. If they win, it's a 99% chance. So win and you're in for the Packers. Uh, let's start with the Packers here as far as the injury situation. Their wide receiver room has been um, iffy uh, with several guys here the last few games, including Jaden Reed. And, uh, you know, that uh, I just tried to check the injury report. Uh, I don't see anything from today as far as the Packers practice report and so forth. So this is uh, as, you know, a meaningful game on Sunday. This is definitely an injury report that you know, needs to be checked. Uh, for Green Bay, and uh, you know, obviously, obviously, the good news: Aaron, Aaron Jones came back last week, and he looked like Aaron Jones, and he's a really good player uh, when he's available. Unfortunately, he's been rarely healthy and available simultaneously this year, but he definitely looked good last week. I know he sat out for a couple of plays; he got 
kind of the wind knocked out of him, but that wasn't had nothing to do with the hamstring that has seemingly plagued him for much of the season this year. As far as the Bears, their last win in Green Bay was in 2015. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, the, the quarterback situation, uh, yeah, I think they would be crazy if they didn't draft a Caleb Williams. I think that almost every draft guru guy or any just NFL or college football observer uh, has uh, Williams ranked higher right now than when Justin Fields came out of Ohio State. Plus, you've got the salary cap implications. You can kind of start your cap over, of which the Bears have done a nice job of you know, managing the cap the last couple of years and not managing, but kind of eliminating guys that were making any money. So they can kind of reset their whole structure financially for the next few years if they make the change at Williams as their number one guy and they let Fields go, they'll just trade him. And they could get they certainly could get, I think, with second or third round pick for Fields. Uh, you know, first round pick seems to be kind of, you know, you got to be just an extraordinary player to get a first round pick for anybody these days. Uh, but I think that would be the route to go for Chicago. Uh, you know, you mentioned Aaron Jones here, and that's actually going to be a question I have for Kyle in the next segment here, because in the game last week, 20 carries, 120 yards. Meanwhile, the Bears, though, are a defense that just allow 84 yards per game. So how do we kind of uh i guess factor all of that together and what do we think about that for aaron jones and his prop number so that'll be something uh we asked kyle on the other side of the break uh when it comes and their defense their defense has gotten much better in many ways uh in the last you know couple of months but one thing that uh one thing they definitely do no matter what the situation they play a ton of zone defense uh, and, uh, you know, Love has not exactly read zone defenses properly this season, even when he's played well. The Cowboys and the Commanders. Cowboys minus 13.5, Commanders plus 13.5, over-under sitting at 47.5. There also seems to be something about the Cowboys on the road versus Cowboys on uh, at home, uh, specifically for Dak at home, 73.3% completion percentage, 2,470 yards, 22 touchdowns, and three picks. On the road for him, 63.2% completion percentage, 1,767 yards, 10 touchdowns, and five picks. But if Dallas wins they lock up the number two seed and as it is for the commanders i mean most of the players here are probably either playing for uh opportunities elsewhere agreed uh and they've lost seven in a row and 10 out of 12 uh sam howell starting again because jacoby Brissett, who was going to start last week but got injured in practice a week ago today apparently is still not ready to go this week so that's where they stand out stand now and uh you would assume that Dallas would take care of business here, but uh, they've had a road game in the past in a similar situation and fell on their face in uh, a couple years ago. The Rams and the 49ers, Rams plus four, 49ers minus four, over under sitting at 41 and a half. But here it is, Carson Wentz for the Rams, Sam Darnold for the 49ers. The 49ers locked into the one seed, Rams at the six seed. So not sure we're going to get an epic battle like we've had in years past between these two. Yeah. And obviously McVay's had, uh, you know, you know, th- 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 against Shanahan, that's always a big deal. Uh, but you know, it seems like almost nobody in this game that really means anybody is going to play, uh, anybody that, uh, you know, Cooper cup or Higby and those guys have had some injury issues here lately. Uh, they're not playing either. And then you know, obviously McCaffrey's not playing, and who knows who's also not playing for San Francisco. But uh, 
Uh, would have been a fun game if it meant something, but uh, maybe it'll be a fun game if they play in the uh, in the postseason. The Eagles and the Giants. Eagles minus five and a half. Giants plus five and a half. Over under sitting at forty one and a half. The Eagles need to win, and the Cowboys lose in order for the Eagles to win the NFC East. Also, maybe. I don't know if you believe in this here, like uh, getting some wins and feeling good about yourself heading into the playoffs because the Eagles have lost four of their last five games so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the momentum thing, but you know, they just look like a broken team. And uh, I don't know if they can be fixed. Uh, you know, they, you know, they should be fixed for this game, but you know, they struggled to beat the Giants a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we'll see. That's the one game that they won during this stretch, right? Yes. Uh, so Ty- Tyrod Taylor, uh, the dude can, uh, you know, we talk about Flacco. He just heaves it down the field. Tyrod Taylor has always been a good deep ball thrower, and he's definitely been a good deep ball thrower in the last couple of weeks since he's been back and playing a lot. And that might be a question I ask about to Kyle Soppy in the next segment, by the way. Tyrod Taylor, his career is just kind of a wild story. He's actually, I think, been pretty good when he's played, but unfortunately he's been injured a lot, and uh, whether it be in Buffalo or whether it be in, uh, with the Chargers or with you know the, now the Giants. He's gotten opportunities, and uh, you know, he hasn't been replaced very often because of performance. It's been because he's been hurt. The Broncos and the Raiders. Broncos plus two and a half. Raiders minus two and a half. Over under sitting at 37 and a half. It's another Jarrett Stidham start. This time it's against his former team. Then you also just have what's going on for the Raiders. Devontae Adams, the latest player to speak out on behalf of Antonio Pierce, wanting to remove the interim tag. I hope that Pierce gets uh, to stay as the uh, coach next year because that will be definitely one of the first things I look at when we get to season win totals. And unless they just have an extraordinary roster makeover, I will be hoping that the Raiders get a lot of hype and I'll be betting them under in the season win total for 2024. The Chiefs and the Chargers, Chiefs plus three and a half, Chargers minus three and a half, over under sitting at 35 and a half. Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick. Uh, I just have written down here the Chargers odds for the next head coach. Jim Harbaugh plus 375, Bill Belichick plus 400, Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Lions, plus 500, Frank Smith, offensive coordinator for the Dolphins, plus 650, and current offensive coordinator Kellen Moore at plus 800. Seems to be the hardball sweepstakes would be between the uh, the Raiders, who we just talked about, or the Chargers. At least that's what the so-called insiders think. The You know what I thought was interesting is that he hired uh, Don Yee to be his agent. Correct. And oh, yeah. Don Yee, obviously, former Tom Brady, or, you know, I think he still is his yeah. agent, but former quarterback Tom Brady is agent. Well, hardball. Harbaugh's interviewed with NFL teams the last two years uh, in the offseason and uh, after Michigan season concluded. And uh, I said yesterday that you know, it would be interesting if Michigan had lost to, say, Ohio State or not made the conference, the college football playoff championship game with all the shenanigans going on in Michigan this year, whether you believe them or not, you wonder if Michigan would even want them around anymore. 
And finally, we touched on this game yesterday, but from a points perspective, Pil- Bills minus two and a half, Dolphins plus two and a half, over under sitting at 48 and a half. Bradley Chubb, we know he's out with a torn ACL. Tyree Hill didn't practice yesterday, nor did Zavin Howard, Raheem Mostert, or Jalen Waddell. And then just looking at what's up for the Bills, if they lose, they still have a 66% chance of making the playoffs. If they win, though, 99% chance. So the question here is, who wins the division? And there's actually a chance the Bills could be out of the playoffs entirely, depending on what happens uh, over the weekend here. So it's either you know, win the division or maybe not even be in the playoffs. Um, I want them in the playoffs because I want to bet against them in the playoffs. Uh, this total has actually gone down to 48 and 48 and a half in some locations in Nevada. And uh, I'm definitely going to be betting the game over. 48 and a half is the current number on the, from the last I saw on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Kyle Soppy. I'm, I'm, I'm on the over. Just give me the, give whatever the lowest number I can find. I will eventually jump on that. So we're uh, hoping for a uh, fireworks and shootout in Miami on Sunday night. Uh, this is largely because I don't trust either defense. Makes sense. That's fair. Kyle Soppy. Pro Football Network set to join us on the other side of the break to help us with our NFL props for week 18. Plus, we still have the $100 gift certificate for you to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, vonhansensmeats.net. They're located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Kyle, on the other side of the break, it is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app. It's time for our NFL prop bet segment. Week 18 in the NFL is here. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Kyle, it's Bob and Kayla. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm doing great. I hope you guys had a good New Year. We're ready to get into some playoffs. Like I'm ready for the regular season's great. Don't get me wrong, but there's nothing better than playoff football. You know what? You're right. <laughs> but first... <laughs> Totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) But first, we must try to figure out how to get ourselves through week 18. And I have to ask, how do you approach a week like week 18 when we have a handful of teams that are sitting key starters? They really can't even improve their positioning if they've made the playoffs or haven't made the playoffs. And then we have other teams that have everything still to play for trying to get themselves into the playoffs. So do we try to focus on games that have comparable goals or do we try to take advantage of maybe some matchups that might be wildly different and the market hasn't adjusted? I tend to focus on the games that have teams on both sides that are motivated. I mean, you start going down these rabbit holes, like you're talking with the the Cowboys and the Eagles situation. It's like, oh, if the, if the Cowboys are up big at halftime, maybe the Eagles rest their starters. So maybe that makes the giant, like you're going to twist yourself in knots trying to figure out all the ifs, ands, or buts. And before you know it, your one pick turns into like a parlay. Like you need a combination of events to make your pick the the avenue you're going to create a pick 
you need many things to go right just to get to the to where you're going here. So I'm going to focus on games that mean something for both teams. Obviously, every team has a different level of motivation, whether it's seeding, whether it's your playoff berth on the line. But if both teams are motivated to play, that's where I'm looking in Week 18. Okay, so you know, along the lines of the prop bet market here, I think it actually could be a good week for Kyler Murray. Uh, the Seahawks' defense has been really bad for much of the second half of the season. Uh, the Cardinals, if they're chasing points, that's right up Murray's alley because he's the king of garbage time, yards, and touchdowns. So are there any Murray props out there worth uh, worth pursuing this week? Yeah, I mean, if you're going that way, I don't mind it. Obviously, the Seahawks have more to play for, so that's an intriguing side for overs. But, yeah, if you're looking at Kyler, you're mentioning chasing points here. Obviously, all these games are division rivals, and I think that gets overlooked to some degree that even the teams like Arizona that don't have much to play for – it's still pretty nice to, you know, hinder a division rival and what they can do. So I would go Kyler, if you're going that direction, would go 30, over 30 and a half rushing yards, knowing that he's motivated, knowing that Seattle can get there a little bit and apply pressure. And we know Arizona's best way to move the ball is on the ground, whether it's through James Conner or Kyler Murray. That's the way they're going to do this. And if they're behind and trailing, that's a passing script. That means 40-plus dropbacks. You're telling me six or seven of them are rushes. I'll take my chances on Kyler getting six or seven yards per carry on those rushes and to go over 30 and a half rushing yards. I actually have a piggyback question from that here because you're right. Uh, the Cardinals' strength here is the ground game. James Conner, he just runs with so much authority. Uh, we even saw Michael Carter getting in on the action last week against the Eagles. And then if you look at this Seahawks defense, uh, they are certainly susceptible to the run here, especially of late. So do we look at James Conner or even go into the weeds with Michael Carter for some props? I think I'd be more willing to go into the weeds with Michael Carter. He's just not posted on a ton of books here, but James Conner's number is pretty high. You're talking 70 and a half rushing yards for a veteran that's got over 1,200 touches on his career in a meaningless Week 18 game. I understand that they'll want to beat Seattle, that they'll be motivated, and that James Conner's had nice volume here down the stretch. But does that continue? If I'm going to go with the Cardinals' rushing attack, it would be Kyler Murray, then Michael Carter if your book allows it. And then James Conner, he'd be my third just because he needs volume. Kyler could get there on a couple of carries. James Conner is going to need 15 touches, and I'm not sure they're willing to give it an older running back that sort of work in a meaningless game. All right, uh, staying with that game, uh, the Cardinals' defense has been awful against running backs nearly every week this season. Ken Walker banged up in recent weeks, hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Well, so we can never believe what Keith Pete Carroll says about injuries until, like, the inactive list comes out. So let's just assume that Walker's out. Jack, Zach Charbonnet, anything in the prop market that could interest you with him? Not him specifically. If Walker's out, it makes me that much more confident in the passing game. Right now I've played DK Metcalf to score a touchdown in this game. He's going off at about plus 125 right now in most markets, and that's, that's profitable to me. He's seen more red zone targets this season than Smith and Jigba or Lockett combined. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy – that is featured in the red zone. And Arizona giving up more red zone trips than anyone in the league by a wide margin this season. So if they find themselves down there, especially if they're without their running back one, DK Metcalf plus odds, touchdown, book it. Kyle Sabi, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com here 
on the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. So let's flip this to the Saturday games and start with the Steelers and the Ravens. The Ravens are sitting key players. The Steelers need a win. Are we buying into Madoff, Mason Rudolph and the hype here? 198 and a half passing yards for him. Also, did Najee Harris's number go too high? 60 and a half yards after a good week against a poor Seattle run defense. I think to some degree, Harris's number is a little high. It's hard to know exactly what the Ravens are going to run out there on the defensive end. And like you said, benching their starters on the offensive end. So I don't think they're going to be able to sustain drive. So Pittsburgh is going to have the ball. If I'm going to target this passing game, it's going to be less Rudolph and more of the receivers. If his total is going to be 200 yards, both receivers right now, Pickens and Deontay Johnson, have totals under 50 yards. If you go with both of them, in separate bets here, you hit one, you lose the juice. But there's a good chance you hit both because of the low total against backup Ravens on a motivated team. I'm not sold on Najee Harris. I would be more likely to play Jalen Warren in a spot like this. But I'm not, I, I would be more likely to go to the pass game knowing that Mason Rudolph's been playing better. We know what their running game is, right? I mean, it's kind of boring. It's kind of what it is. They want to know if they're going to win games in the postseason, it's going to be that passing game kind of stepping up and outperforming expectations. So I would go with the receivers in this game for – Pittsburgh. Okay, Buffalo at Miami. We know that uh, this is going to be a game that these teams need to win or one to win, uh, depending on what happens elsewhere as far as Buffalo's goes. But uh, final regular season game of the season on Sunday night, total down to 49 at most uh, sports books. Are there some individual prop bet guys that we should uh, jump on here that could uh, further enhance our interest in this game? Yeah, I've got my eye on Josh Allen, but if you need props to enhance your uh, your interest in this game, then you don't have a soul here. This is the game of the week. I mean, this is you're playing for a division title on primetime. What's not to like there? But Josh Allen, over a touchdown and a half through the air. Why do I like it? He's only done it in every single game he's ever played against the Dolphins. He's 11 for 11 in throwing multiple mm. touchdowns against the Dolphins. I, we get a discount here on the price. It's around even money with the juice. It's right in that neighborhood because he didn't have a multi-touchdown pass game in all of December, but I'm not too worried about it. you got the Dolphins facing numerous injuries. You've got Chubb out. You've got Howard out. There's a lot of pass here, and they want to keep Josh Allen healthy. So maybe they don't use him as a battering ram for one week here. Let him use his arm, get multiple touchdown passes because that's what he does every single time. I'm going that direction over one and a half passing touchdowns for Mr. Josh Allen on Sunday night. For Josh Allen and his targets here, how do we evaluate James Cook and uh, his involvement that we've seen a little bit more since uh, Joe Brady has taken over in the past game as well as his rushing touches? Yeah, I mean, you have to love how James Cook has been used since Joe Brady took over and realistically before then, too. He's trending in the right direction coming into this year, throughout this year. It's all moving in the right direction right now. And his receiving prop sits at 20 and a half yards. I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be a play right now. We've seen Stefan Diggs be used in a lesser role. Dalton Kincaid has been used a lot less than Dawson Knox got by. We don't know what in the world Gabe Davis is going to do. His over under 37 and a half yards. I don't doubt that that's going to be anywhere near where he ends up, but it's either going to be 137 or like four. So James Cook is the option in this passing game that I trust. They're those little flare out passes. I like Josh Allen to go under his rushing yard total this week and if that's going to be the case that's because he's checking it down to james cook as opposed to running it himself james cook over 20 and a half receiving yards seems like a good play to me green bay uh they've been having a rough time getting healthy receivers on the field the last few games in fact four of the uh five top targets for jordan love limited or missing practice on wednesday and thursday 
Any interest in uh, some love under props this week against what has been definitely an improved Bears defense? It's funny because I'm not going to go love under just yet because we don't know exactly who he's going to have at his disposal. Like you said, Jaden Reed's been banged up. Christian Watson's been missing games with his hamstring injury. They've got injuries left, right, and center. And like you said, the Bears, much better defense over the past month than they were over the first two of the season. If I'm going a prop in this game, in that passing game specifically, it'd be Jaden Reed over 48.5 receiving yards. I think he's a wide receiver one in this offense, regardless if Watson plays or not. He's seen 26 targets over his past three games. And we mentioned the Bears' defense and how good they are. They're fourth best against the run this season. So if they force Green Bay into a spot where they have to go pass heavy, you're looking at a guy in Jordan Love that's been competent of late with a QBR north of 80 in four of his last six games. I'll take his wide receiver one to get get me to 50 yards. I think we can handle that if the running game is stunted. Kyle Sapi, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. Follow all of their work there. He is in the extra point on KDOS AM 1060. Back to the second Saturday game, the Texans and the Colts here. Jonathan Taylor has a history of major success running the football against the Texans. His number is currently sitting at 70 and a half yards. Is that doable for him to go over? And then also is for CJ Stroud, it kind of seems like it's really all on him to make this happen. His home versus road split are certainly a thing so at 263 and a half yards what do we do yeah i'll start with jonathan taylor first and work backwards towards the texans here i think jonathan taylor's number is just fine i'm on gardner Minshew under passing yards and if that's going to happen that means jonathan taylor probably picking up yards on the ground we know this indie team just really wants to feature a single running back jonathan taylor pretty clearly that guy these days 21 carries last week he had 18 the week before he's averaging about 20 over his last four games. So you're looking at a guy that's going to get the volume against the defense that none of us think is that good in Houston. On the Houston side, C.J. Stroud back in the mix. And like you said, it's going to depend on him. Their season relies on their rookie quarterback. That's an uncomfortable spot, but the Colts aren't a great defense here. I'm In a perfect world, I'm not playing this number because I think it's a close game. I think Indy can control the clock a little bit here with their running game. So if you pressed me to take it, I would go under strictly because – the number of attempts might be low if this is a low possession game, but I don't feel too strongly on Stroud in this spot. Tyrod Taylor, he's been a good deep ball thrower throughout his career when he's been healthy enough to play. He's connected with Darius Slayton the last couple of games. So anything Taylor or Slayton related as far as over numbers against the Eagles defense, which has certainly struggled to say the least. Yeah, they have. And if, if you're going to go that direction, I would encourage you to do it in a DFS setting or something. I view Slayton a lot like I do Gabe Davis. And then if he's going to go over his numbers, <laughs> he's going to go over in a massive way. So maybe you ladder him up and you take some over props over 35, 45, 55, things like that. I don't feel great about it because of how desperate the Eagles are for this game. Could things change if the Cowboys get a big lead at halftime, yada, yada, yada. It could happen. I I like Slayton the most of their receivers, I'll give you that, but I'm not super confident in going against an Eagles defense. But yes, they've struggled, but they are motivated. The Giants, obviously one of the worst teams in the league. The Falcons and the Saints here. I'm thoroughly confused as to who wins this game, so trying to figure out a game script seems a little difficult too. So if you think that the uh, Saints' defense has struggled with the run run defense and the Falcons can actually take advantage of that, how do we play play into all of that? Does anything pop for you in this game? 
not in a big way. And that's because I'm not really in the business of going against or for Arthur Smith at this point. I mean, what I love to say, B. John Robinson is going to go off and have a massive game because Smith's job is on the line and it would be in his best interest to give his top overall pick some consistent love. I would, I would love to say that. I'm not sure I necessarily buy it. I would, you know, I need to believe what I'm saying if I'm going to sell it to you guys. I'm not there yet. I'm, the only prop I have circled in this game right now is Drake London under receiving yards, trading right around 47, 48 and a half yards right now. Saints, one of the top 10 defenses against the pass and really all metrics. Drake London, we know the targets can be there. They can disappear. The quality of targets, that's a whole other concern. And like you said, they, they could run the ball a lot. And against the Saints, if this is a close game, another low-possession game, I don't trust whoever Atlanta is going to throw out there at quarterback to get London the ball involved enough against the top 10 pass defense. I'll go Drake London under in his receiving yard. Okay, going about what Kayla started the segment with, the motivation and so forth here, you've got guys that have incentive clauses in their contracts, even though, like DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know if the Titans want to pay him those incentive clauses, so I'm not sure if they're going to do anything to him, but a guy like Puka Nakua, uh, he's chasing some rookie records. Uh, so anything Nakua, Nakua you know, I know the totals are probably pretty high, but he's at least chasing something, and they don't have to pay him for that. So maybe him? I don't mind the angle that you're going for here with the incentive kind of laden thing, but Puka Nakua is so close to these rookie records that he could get them and go under all his numbers. So I'm not using it. It's an excuse for them to get him in the game and feed him early. So if, if that's going to be your angle and it's like, oh, I think the Rams are going to go with their – I mean, he's the only starter playing for them. If they don't feature him and then get him out, that's kind of malpractice in my opinion. So if you want to take the Rams early thinking that their one starter in the game is going to be playing early and maybe that gets them to a spot, sure. But I think you're kind of on thin ice with Nakua understanding that they are benching everybody and that he's more than likely to come out after he hits his mark. Before we let you go here today, Kyle, is there anything that we didn't touch on? Anytime touchdown score, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards that you like here for NFL week number 18? I'm looking at Jared Goff over one and a half passing touchdowns against the Vikings here. Listen, we know these Lions, they'll bite your kneecaps, as they say. They are quite the... (laughs) They're, they're an aggressive bunch here, and they can still get the two-seed in the NFC no matter how unlikely it seems. So i got to think that they're playing everybody out there. And Jared Goff, just a different bird at home. Touchdown rate over the past two years at home, over 7%. On the road, it's under 3%. He's at home against an improving Vikings defense, but if they improve that much, Dan Campbell's going to press this offense. They've got Amon Ross St. Brown. They've got Jameer Gibbs. They've got Jamison Williams starting to come on, and Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end. He's got his weapons weapons he's got motivation he's got an indoor game at Detroit give me Jared Goff multiple passing touchdowns against the Vikings this weekend Kyle as always we appreciate your time on the program and we look forward to doing it next week ahead of wild card weekend Uh, best week of the year I'm looking forward to it thank you so much Kyle Soppy there pro football network follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com and as it is right now it's time for you to be a winner the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits is up for grabs right now 602-260-1060 is the number caller number 3 602-260-1060 also make sure you come with the weekend bet uh, as we're trying to get 2024 started off right it could be a total it could be a spread it could be a player prop you name it 
we hopefully win. Certified Angus Beef Choice New York Strip Steaks at $24.99 a pound. Prime boneless bacon-wrapped pork jobs, 8-ounce. Average, 2 for $10. Fresh, natural, jumbo party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. Those are the weekend specials. Pay them a visit at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. 602-260-1060. Caller 3, you are the winner. We'll get into poll questions on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Here we are starting 2024, and we're all rooting for... The Bucks, Baker Mayfield over his passing yards. Bob, I think you can get on board with that because you want the Bucks in as opposed to any of the other options from the NFC South. Yeah, and I'm on the Bucks this week too, and at least the pool that we're in. So uh, that's, uh, I'm, you know, go Bucks. I right. usually say that about Ohio State when they were good, but now I just say go Tampa Bay Bucks. <laughs> All right, mutual interests. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, you can always be a winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, listening for us to make the call on Fridays in Friday spread and pay Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits a visit over at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today. Let's dive into today's poll questions here and get things started with the kdos1060.com poll question uh the arizona cardinals and the seattle seahawks meet sunday 2 25 p.m from state farm stadium the seahawks have to win to have any chance of making the playoffs so who wins sunday in glendale the cardinals or the seahawks i wrote down this score on uh tuesday at some point cardinals 24 seahawks 23 that number is pretty much the as far as you combine total that's pretty much the total in the game roughly uh the cardinals offensive line as we determined and talked about several weeks ago and this hasn't changed a really good run blocking unit very effective the seahawks defense has collapsed during this late season fade especially against the run including last week when Pittsburgh, as you mentioned earlier in the hour, just ran at will against them. And it's not like the Steelers have the best running game in the world most weeks, in fact, hardly ever. Uh, also, the Seahawks could be without th- at least three key players here. Kenneth Walker, the running back. We talked about him in the, with Kyle in the last segment. Right tackle, Adrian Lucas, uh, and also linebacker Jordan Brooks. Uh, then again, it's a Pete Carroll coach team, so we really have no idea if any of these people are going to play or not until the uh, inactive list is released 90 minutes before game time. Of course, it would be really bad if the Cardinals did win because their first pick of the 2024 draft uh, might be not even in the top five, depending on what happens this weekend if the Cardinals win another game, uh, which uh, if they are not in the top five, that doesn't. That means no quarterback and no Marvin Harrison for sure. Uh, so no matter what happens on Sunday, we should just, uh, I think, all celebrate because we no longer have to watch the Cardinals play anymore. And this is the uh, Cardinals' worst roster by far 
that they have had since I started covering this team in 2002? Uh, so for me, looking at this game here, I think the Cardinals have an opportunity to to win if, you know, everyone's out there playing. I mean, I think Kyle Soppy brought up a really good point in the last segment there when discussing the Seattle Seahawks run defense and giving the ball to James Conner how often are they going to use him obviously he's going to be playing here but you know how many touches is he going to get so things of that nature how many touches are the guys that have proven to be uh the the key the key cogs this year for the Cardinals, how many touches are they going to be getting? And we don't really know all of that. So if we're just saying uh, everybody's out there playing and doing everything they possibly can to win, I think they have a, a really good chance there to really uh, pound it with the ground game here and uh, keep the ball away from the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks, though, they know that they have to win or else they have no shot at the playoffs. It's it's not, uh, you know, I think it's less than 50% odds, even if they do win, but no chance whatsoever if they don't win. Um, if the Cardinals bring that sort of intensity, though, I, I think the Cardinals can win this game. Okay, just one other quick thing, as you brought up with Kyle in the last segment. I mean, Najee Harris actually looked like, uh, you, know, you know, Jim Brown. <laughs> Uh, last week against the, against the Seahawks, and he's rarely been good. I don't know if it really matters who runs the ball at this point for uh, a Seattle opponent. The masses are on the Cardinals side of things at 70% of the vote. Seahawks sitting at 30%. KDOS1060.com is the place for their first poll question. Tossing it on over to X at KDOS AM 1060. Should Sunday's game be the end of the Patriots and Bill Belichick? Uh, I think here... For general manager Bill, yes, it should be the end. Uh, and so, therefore, I think it comes down to does Bill want to relinquish responsibilities or, at the very least, have how the process works change? Um, okay, stop Stop right there. Do you think he would actually do that? I, man, I don't know. I mean, because if you think he, about— I don't think, I don't think there's any chance he would do that. Right, because if you think about just his 24 years in New England, they've never had a general manager. It's always been something else, a different title, if you will. Yeah. He's always had full full final control, and you could even go back to his time in Cleveland where he also still had so much control over over the personnel. So I'm not certain that he would want to do that. Yeah, didn't they have Pioli there for a while? I mean, he was he had a lot to do with the personnel decisions, right? Yeah, and then he left yeah. and went to the Chiefs. Yeah, so yeah, one time he had somebody at least uh, that had that was qualified to make roster decisions, or yeah, I think it was more qualified to give suggestions for roster decisions. Absolutely. Uh, so with all of that kind of in mind here. I don't know if he would want to do any of that uh, or if if that kind of just changes the dynamics too much that makes the relationship just weird and awkward. Like, I'm, I'm not certain how that would all kind of unfold because he's still very incredible coach with the X's and the O's. I think what he's done defensively this year is yeah. proof of that. Uh, the sure. offense, though, is just an absolute mess. You're going to have to address the quarterback position. You're going to have to address the wide receiver position, the offensive line, running 
running back as well. They don't play with any speed and explosiveness. Uh, so how much of that is uh, because of the general manager decisions that he's been making? Um, sometimes, though, situations do call for just a clean break and trying to make uh, little tiny tweaks and fixes here doesn't work. I think he still can coach. I also do think sometimes there's too much made of this Brady versus Belichick because now the success without Brady has really started to take over the, the narrative and the conversation about Bill as a coach. Um, I, I think it would be... If Bill is willing to change up how general manager scouting final decisions are made in terms of free agents and draft, I think he should still be the coach. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be brief here. I don't. I you know, think you. You certainly. You know, people don't know you're a Patriots fan and followed them closely, and you're objective about this too. Thank God. Uh, so you know, I think that uh, you know, you have a very good viewpoint in all this. I'm going to keep this brief. He is the greatest head coach in NFL history. He is not the greatest general manager slash personnel guy in NFL history. They need a complete roster makeover, and Belichick should not be part or part of that in any shape or form. So, so long, Bill, in my opinion. Uh, the masses, they are on your side of things at 55.6% of the vote. No sitting at 44.4%. This is over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. The Cardinals, they will play and host the Seattle Seahawks 2.25 p.m. on Fox. The Suns, they get after it tonight. ASU U of A, we'll talk a little bit about them as well as we wrap up this Friday January 5th edition of The Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app. One final segment to go here for this Friday, January 5th edition. Extra Point with local and national topics, betting lines, and banter. Weekdays 10 to noon on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and the KTUS 1060 app. Extra Point on Friday, January 5th, 2024. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. Bob, it's that time once again, though. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else. Slip the cracks. Also, our guest today around the NFL, Nate Davis from USA Today. We covered a lot of topics with Nate, including the Miami Buffalo game on Sunday night to conclude the NFL regular season. Also, we had our NFL prop bet segment with Kyle Sapi from Pro Football Network. Sound of the day courtesy of CBS, Fox, the New England Patriots, ESPN2, and also ABC. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next.
That's right. Up next from 1 to 3 o'clock, it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster-Beerstein from 5 to 6. We also have ASU women's basketball today. Jeff Munn will get you started with pregame at 6.30, tip-off at 7 as ASU women's basketball takes on Utah tonight. That here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app. Speaking of basketball, uh, the Suns, they're set to host the Heat tonight, 7 p.m. on 3TV. Last I saw this morning, Kevin Durant listed as questionable for tonight's game, and you also still saw Jimmy Butler listed as questionable. Well, I did yesterday. I've been seeing today. I mean, he did not play in the uh, – the, they won at the, – the Miami Heat won at the Lakers on you know Wednesday night, and then the Lakers apparently now want to get rid of Darvin Ham. Shocking. If I recall correctly, LeBron James has had some coaches that he's – I'm not saying he's the one that wants to get rid of Darvin Ham, but uh, there's been some coaching changes in LeBron's career because maybe he didn't get along with the head coach. That's, you know, who knows? Maybe that, that wouldn't be a first if that actually happened. Uh, so there's that, but I haven't seen about Butler today, but they won that game the other night in L.A. against the Lakers without Butler. How long did David Blatt last – Oh, my God, I forgot all about him. Uh, as long as he could go back to Europe, as, as fast as he could jump on a plane. Speaking of the Suns. I think, think Le- LeBron got him the ticket reservation to go back to wherever he came from. The Suns, uh, as I mentioned, they'll host the Heat. They'll also play again on Sunday, hosting the Grizzlies. That's a 6 p.m. contest on 3TV. We've been talking about uh, the Cardinals hosting the Seahawks Sunday, 2.25 p.m. on Fox. I do have uh, the fact that Jonathan Gannon met the media earlier this morning and officially has ruled out Dante Stills and Garrett Williams with their injuries. Uh, We'll have Mm -hmm. to see who else uh, makes it on the final injury report ahead of the game. One other big thing here in the last few minutes here, the uh, San Francisco Giants have enhanced their pitching staff, and Robbie Ray uh, is now a member of the San Francisco Giants. They've acquired him via trade uh, from Seattle. Robbie Ray literally got hurt in his first start last season for Seattle and was out for the season. And I assume he's relatively healthy, or maybe there's some incentives or they're going to rework his contract. Uh, but he has been traded from Seattle to San Francisco. And Mitch Hanniger, oft injured, unfortunately, when he was here with the Car- with the uh, Diamondbacks or other teams, including San Francisco last year, he's heading back to Seattle. And also Anthony Disclafani, who's the one healthy, a very good starting pitcher, also headed to Seattle. Uh, this would seem to be a good trade for both teams. And yet another really good starting pitcher, if healthy, in the National League West. U of A basketball switching back to hoops uh, dominated Colorado yesterday, 97 to 50, and they will play Utah on Saturday, 6 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Yeah, and Colorado without two of its best players, uh, De Silva and also Johnson, uh, that I, they were supposed. Well, the, the Pac-12 network. I watched Colorado last week, and they, those guys have missed several games now. But it was assumed they were going to be back. The point spread in that game went from 9 to 12 and a half yesterday once it was declared that both of those guys were ruled out. And apparently they're not going to play tomorrow night against ASU uh, when ASU plays Colorado. 
Uh, speaking of ASU, they beat Utah 82 to 70 yesterday. And as you mentioned, they'll play Colorado Saturday, 6 p.m. on ESPNU. Congratulations once again to our Friday spread winner. We're all rooting for Baker Mayfield over passing yards for the weekend to get 2024 started off right. Pay our friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pay our friends over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits a visit located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. Thanks for listening, everyone. Looking forward to being back with you on Monday morning.